G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to Aussies Only, our weekly look at the Australian players on tour. Welcome to Aussies Only and thank you for tuning in to this special edition of the show Really looking forward to getting this one underway. All thanks to Latour Tennis. Latour Tennis was founded in 2017 in Melbourne, spearheaded by ex-professional tennis players who lived and breathed the journeyman lifestyle for the better part of a decade. Their mission is to introduce people to a flamboyant tennis label and provide unique tennis events to support touring professionals and the wider tennis community. If you'd like to find out more and even shop the latest Dig 3 collection, head to latourtennis.com or check out their Instagram at latourtennis. It's your host Jed Zetter here alongside one of the men behind the flamboyant range, Jake Eames. Welcome to the show, Jake. Thanks for having me again. Um, super excited to chat with our next guest today. Um, been looking forward to speaking to her for a while. Yes, well, we've been hoping to get her on for quite some time now, and I'm really looking forward to this one. Let's bring her in. Welcome to Aussies Only, Storm Sanders. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I've been uh, I've listened to some of the other podcasts, and I was waiting for you to give me a call, so I'm happy to be on finally. Really pleased to have you on. We thank you for taking the time out of your day to join us. Storm, it's obviously unprecedented times. Where are you at the moment? Where are you based? And what's your living arrangement like? Yeah, so um, before everything kind of, I guess, happened, I was in Mexico playing uh, some WTAs over there. Uh, I, you know, And then I was actually planning to come home anyway. So I actually think I was pretty lucky in the end because I flew from Mexico to LA and I was on the same flight as everyone going to Indian Wells. And I was so jealous that they were all going there and I was going home and I, was, I just really wanted to go with them, get in the car and, and drive there. But I was on the next flight home. And then I think a day later, Indian Wells got cancelled and everyone's trying to get flights back to Australia before um, they close the borders. So I was pretty lucky that I got, in, got home in time, didn't have to quarantine. And then I was able to train for maybe two weeks uh, at the tennis centre before everything started closing down here. Uh, so I'm in Melbourne. Um, I've been based here for maybe seven years now. So when they closed everything, I decided to stay in Melbourne. My family live in Perth, so I had the choice to either go back to Perth or stay here. And I decided to stay here with um, live with I live with my boyfriend and two housemates. So, um, yeah, it's been pretty good. It's been about seven weeks now. I've been kind of at home isolating. I have a gym set up in my house. Uh, Tennis Australia gave me some equipment, so I was pretty lucky to be able to set up kind of a home gym and get a lot of fitness done here. And have a few friends who have tennis courts at their house so been able to hit maybe three times a week um, on synthetic grass so that's also been a bit of a change something different but it's also been nice to be able to get out of the house and hit a little bit um, when I could so yeah it's been okay it's different for sure but you know everyone's going through the same thing so it's important to kind of keep perspective that this is the right thing to do and staying home I guess is saving people's lives and not putting other people at risk so I've been lucky that I've still been able to yeah do some fitness and work on different things. Certainly so you're able to keep fit and hit which is great is there anything in particular that you're working on with your game at the moment? Um, Not specifically with my tennis I've kind of tried to just not think about that as much almost kind of use it as a break I had a pretty 
I guess, busy couple of months um, coming back to singles in November and I, I started doing really well and had a pretty big, big Aussie summer and then heading over to Mexico to play. So in a way, obviously, I was doing really well and didn't want to stop, but kind of have this forced break. So it was almost like a way to just, you know what, kind of work on other things of my game, not so much the tennis stuff. So work on my physicality because I am coming back to singles and I want to be able to maintain my fitness on court and play matches back to back. So for me, my, I guess I've been working on more my physical uh, physicality on court. So doing a lot more, I guess, movement sessions, um, conditioning sessions, also trying to get stronger. Um, I guess in compromised positions on court, work on my defense. So it's been fun to actually work on those things. Um, I'm going to head back to Melbourne Park hopefully next week if they open that up. So uh, yeah, it'd be, that's probably when I'll start to look at what I want to get out of my um, tennis and what I want to work on then because obviously we don't know when we're going to come back to playing competitive tennis. So um, yeah, I kind of need to sit down and map out, map out what I want to get out of my training. You've had a little bit of time off over your career. You had 18 months off, I think, at one stage. Um, obviously, injuries, other factors there. How do you find yourself managing your time off the court and your breaks? And, and what were the reasons behind a couple of those breaks you've, you've had throughout your career? Yeah, so a lot of those breaks have been forced as well uh, through injury. So, I mean, if I was healthy, I would be out in the court 24-7 all day because I love being out there and competing and playing and traveling. So. You know, over my career, I've had some back injuries, uh, ankle injuries. It's kind of kept me out for a total of a long time. I don't, don't even know how much that is. But I guess my most recent time off was a year off with my shoulder injury. So that was, yeah, that was really tough. You know, I think the first few months of my injury, we didn't really know what it was. There was no real diagnosis. And it was literally a week to week thing. So I'd go and see the doctor. He'd ask me how my shoulder was feeling. And I'd say it's... The same it's not getting any better like the rest almost is making it worse um you know it took a while to kind of work out what I was doing and having some structure and guidance and and goals with it but yeah kind of the year went pretty fast and I was lucky I was able to complete my psychology degree in that time and get my coaching qualification um so that was in 2018 so 2019 I had a full year um on the tour playing just you know obviously when you you're out for a year you're ranking is zero so I started with no ranking and kind of worked my way up so I, I was feeling really fit and healthy before this break so this is probably really frustrating in a way that it's the only time I've had a break where I'm actually fit healthy ready to go so it's a little bit different because it's harder to have I guess goals and whatnot because when you are injured you almost have weekly goals that you need to attain with your rehab like it could be something simple with I know doing five push-ups if it's like a shoulder injury or just some sort of rehab goal, but it's still a goal and you, you can kind of feel yourself improving. Whereas, yeah, it can be a little bit tricky and some athletes might be struggling with the fact that there is no kind of, I guess, end in sight and no one really knows how this is going to go. So for me, I guess it's important to try and have some goals, like some tennis goals or physical goals, but also things off the court that you want to try and achieve as well. Storm, you return to the doubles court before the singles court um, and you played a lot of doubles before um, making your first singles tournament return. Is that injury related, the decision to do that? Uh, to be honest, no. <laughs> when I, before I got injured, um, I was actually thinking about stopping singles anyway. I wasn't enjoying it at all. Um, I get on the court and get just really bad anxiety and I, I just wasn't enjoying it at all. So anytime I kind of stepped on the singles court, 
in the end of 2017. I just, I really didn't enjoy it. Um, and I think because I was having a little bit of success in doubles, I guess at the same time with Monique Adamzak, we won our first WTA title. We qualified for Wimbledon. Um, I got top hundred for the first time in doubles. So I was having a lot of success with doubles and I almost was putting way too much pressure on myself to try and achieve the same things in singles. So I think I was just putting pressure on myself to win and, you know, it was all me. It wasn't anyone else saying anything. It was just me, I guess, having really high expectations of what I kind of want to achieve. So yeah, before I got injured, I, I pretty much was planning to pursue doubles a little bit more because I, I think I was ranked about 60. So you know, I really want to try and push that, try and play with Monique. So we had a strong partnership. But yeah, then I got injured and, you know, almost starting from zero again, I, I thought, you know, there might be an option to to play singles, but I wasn't going to, you know, do that straight away when, um, I guess, when I came back from injury. So uh, yeah, with the doubles, I kind of came back and played, I think, six months, um, you know, and my shoulder was feeling good. I was feeling really fit and healthy because, even with doubles, I felt like I could train more off the court as well. So when I play, you know, there's less matches um, during the week. So I could get some work in physically. And then everyone kept saying to me that I was hitting the ball really well. I'd play some singles points and, you know, said, you should go and play some singles. You're playing really well. So I kind of had it in my mind. And then, yeah, I thought I'd try and aim for the end of the year ITFs in Australia. Had no <laughs> no goals for that. I just wanted to go out and play and to be honest, just enjoy it. Like just have a good memory of playing singles. I thought if I only play those two tournaments and I don't play singles again, as long as I enjoyed it and have a good memory of being on the court, um, I'm okay with that. But yeah, I ended up having some really good success and really enjoyed it a lot. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how far I can go in singles and doubles. Yeah, it's great to see you do so well, both singles and doubles court. 75 in the world for doubles at the moment. Uh, a few weeks ago, we spoke with Ellen Perez, who you also play some doubles with as well. She struggled to answer who plays on the juice court. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting because generally if we both play with righties, we're both on the juice court, um, but I kind of kicked Ellen off the juice court. And then she <laughs> can go to the ad side. Um, you know, so we when we play those tournaments, I play the juice side, but I think it's probably not a permanent thing. You know, we could, if we had a bit more time and played more matches, we might want to try the other way as well. But I think it's also good having options that we both can play both sides. I think um, that's pretty cool. But I said to her, her forehand on the ad side is, is pretty big and pretty scary when you're at the net facing that. So I've faced that plenty of times. So, um, you know, I'm happy to have her on the ad side for sure. Yeah, that's good. Um, and with the singles at the moment, 276 in the world. I actually trained with you uh, last year and I remember going to battle with you a few times cross court. Um, and later that day, I was speaking with a few mates and I actually said, you know, keep an eye on Storm. She's, she's striking them really well. February this year, you qualified for a pretty big event, won your first round and got to play uh, Slidalina, who's number four in the world. Where do you think those next improvements can come for you? What do you think those top 10, top five players are doing so much better, I guess, than the other other players at the moment? Yeah, it was a pretty awesome experience getting to play Sidalina. I've never played a top 10 player um, in my career. So to be able to have that opportunity was pretty cool. I was pretty nervous, you know, even though I've been playing some really good tennis, I think I could just feel the hype around the match was a little bit different and being, I guess, you know, she's a Grand Slam contender and 
just having, I guess, more people there watching the match, more press and interviews before the match and whatnot. So it kind of almost got to my head a little bit, being a bit nervous. And I almost tried to play too good against her. Like she made you feel this pressure that you had to try and hit winners. And obviously her game, she's she's a great mover on court, counter puncher, um, really made me feel um, this pressure. So I think, you know, those top players, like she's so consistent. Every single point, she just make you earn it. And I always felt like I had to try and hit a winner. Uh, to win the point against her and I don't think she even played that well to be honest like she was just she was just solid and um, very clear with her game style I guess what she does under pressure and I think um, most players top players under pressure they know exactly what they're going to do and they're going to execute that every single time so I think that it was a big learning experience for me I'm glad I had that experience and I can learn from how I can go about that differently next time I play her and just you know trust my game and trust that it's good enough to to beat her and just not yeah I guess not fall into the um thing that you're playing a top 10 player and it's gonna lean up that end it's just a tennis ball um coming back so just focus on on me a little bit more so Storm you take a break from the game you now make a return and now you know when you want to play and you're in really really good form you can't play does this take a toll mentally on you and how are you coping with that yeah to be honest it is pretty um I guess frustrating and I was having a really yeah I was building momentum I was really excited to head um, into the clay season because I, I came back and I was getting ready to play on clay play some ITFs in Australia and then head to Europe and you know I had goals of um, I guess trying to qualify to get in my ranking up to French qualifying and also play main draw French doubles so things are looking pretty good and then obviously this happened so I think it took maybe yeah I guess 10 days to kind of get my head around it um just to accept that it's it's not gonna we're probably not gonna play anytime soon it's still a while away um but I think gotta look at the bigger picture that tennis is a very small part of the world at the moment you know there's a lot of people a lot of countries struggling financially and and their health and people um dying so I think the bigger picture is as long as my I'm healthy and safe and my family's um, healthy and safe. I think that's the most important thing. So obviously some days um, I wake up and I'm like, what am I doing? You know, like back to training in the garage and easy to just kind of, I guess, lose motivation because you're trying to work out why am I doing this, I guess. But I'm pretty lucky that I have good people around me that I guess are really supportive. And, and I speak to all the other girl Aussie tennis girls and we have a WhatsApp group. We, we kind of all talk amongst each other just to help each other get through it. And even if we say to each other, yep, today's a struggle and haven't done anything because I just haven't felt like it, you know, someone's there to say, yeah, that's okay. Like I was struggling too, but we we're all kind of in it together um, and going through the same thing. So I guess kind of lucky that there's a big group of us going through this together in a way. Yeah. It's great to hear that. It seems like a lot of the Aussies are banding together and, and using each other through this time, which is, which is awesome. Gonna throw a little curveball in here quickly. The name Storm, very unique, very cool. What's the story behind that? Well, I have a, it's pretty boring actually, to be honest. I wasn't born in like some crazy weather or like some crazy <laughs> story like that. So sorry, I'm gonna disappoint you. But um, my parents uh, love reading, and there's this book by Wilbur Smith. Um, it's about this family, the Courtney family. And one of the characters in the books, her name was Storm Courtney and my parents loved um, the character. So yeah, they named me Storm Courtney. I haven't read the books yet, but I will one day. (laughs) (laughs) 
Storm, I was going to ask, have you heard about any domestic tournaments that Tennis Australia may be organising during this time? Uh, Yes, so we actually had a call with uh, Craig Tiley last week. So he opened up a call to all professional players and and the Tennis Australia staff, which was really great to hear from him and how, I guess, Tennis Australia are trying to handle the situation. You know, we're pretty lucky that Australian Open was held this year and I guess they're trying to try and make sure that something happens next year as well but yeah he's super keen to get a domestic competition happening and obviously all the players are pretty keen too so it's just more working out how that's going to look if it's going to be kind of a city to city thing or if um, we move to one place and play out of a play one um, center or or whatnot so I think we'll hear more in the next week but yeah I think watch this space I think there's going to be something pretty cool and exciting happening. I think it's great. Like it'd be awesome to have a domestic competition, I guess, with or without coronavirus, because I think, you know, having, whether it's a team thing or individual thing, I think more matches you can play and try and, I guess, spread the word of tennis and get it out there in the media in Australia. I think that's, um, you know, would be great. And I guess to promote us a little bit more so the public can know our names and and follow our stories, I guess. So, yeah, I think we'll hear definitely more in the next week about something happening. 100% agree as well with the domestic um, events or tours um, to kick off and really looking forward to see what unfolds there. There are a lot of factors, I guess, to a player in, in, in performing well in different environments. What's some of the best places that you enjoy to play? Uh, I guess probably Australian Open obviously is is amazing. I grew I grew up watching it and being Australian, you know, you you watch your idols play there and it's it's, it's on the TV. I guess December January and it's all the I guess the summer of tennis. So for me, the Australian Open, you know, yeah, because you grow up watching it, it's it's one of your goals you have when you I guess start playing. So I've been very fortunate to be able to play quite a few times I played singles a few times uh, and doubles I've played for the last few years as well so um, that's pretty amazing I had my experience on the Rod Laver Arena in 2018 in the mixed doubles which uh, yeah was really cool I hadn't you know played on Rod Laver before and uh, to just have that experience and I've, I've been there and watched the matches but to actually be on the court and looking out it, it was pretty uh, surreal experience and I actually air swung the very first ball of the <laughs> the first point of the match so uh that was something to remember but it was quite embarrassing so yeah definitely Aussie Open and Wimbledon the first time I went to Wimbledon was the most incredible experience I think whether you're a tennis player or not you're just a sport lover I think everyone can appreciate the history and tradition of uh I guess the All England Club and stepping through those gates the first time every time you go there is just you get goosebumps and kind of pinch yourself and and think is this real so uh yeah those two places are probably definitely my favorite. So Wimbledon and the Australian Open obviously two of the you know the most prestigious tournaments do you mind telling us about some of the worst places you've had to travel to on the tour because obviously to get to those great places, you've got to go through some pretty average places along the way, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> there's obviously been a few. I haven't had to do any. I've been lucky that my scheduling I'm kind of in control of and I try to make sure I don't go to, um, you know, some really crazy places. But sometimes, you you know, I've been to some tournaments in France and Hungary and Germany that you think are going to be fine and you get there, there's two courts. 
and you're thinking, how am I going to practice? Like, what's the system? And, you know, if, if you're in qualifying, you, you're playing the matches, so you, you get to play. But if you're main draw, you just have to wait till matches finish or before. And, you know, sometimes there's also no, I guess, player transport. So you're walking or you got to find your way to get to the court. And, you know, the staff don't speak uh, English and they don't want to try to help you. So... Yeah, I've been through some, I guess, different experiences, but um, I've been pretty lucky that I haven't had any crazy, I guess, or been to any, yeah, I guess, really tough places. So I've been very fortunate in that way. That's good. Um, I picked up at the start that you said your family is living in Perth, but did you grow up in Rockhampton? And I've also read that both your parents were in the Navy and I think your brother in the Army. How has that shaped, I guess, your approach to the sport yeah so I guess my family is a little bit different to others so I grew up in I guess country Queensland and my um, dad joined the navy first and we got relocated to Perth and then my mom joined which was pretty crazy to have I guess two family members or two parents in the military so when I was younger I was used to them going away dad going on a six-month deployment and he's in submarines so on, on the submarine you don't even get to email or talk at all so I guess that was from maybe 13 14 I I had that experience so I I think I learned to become very independent and do things I guess myself and you know my parents always super supportive of me and always you know allowed me to chase my goals and allowed me to dream big and I guess they've always been so supportive so I've been very lucky with that but they've also let me do things my way and I've had to learn to book my flights from 13 14 years old and book my accommodation and try and get sponsorship or or whatnot so I think I learned that from them and also I guess being away from home is for me you know when things are getting a bit tough on the road and it's been three or four months you know I, I might speak to my parents and they're like what are you talking about we spend six months on a ship like try doing that in the South China Sea you know <laughs> six months on the ship you know so it kind of keeps it in perspective and, you know, they're out there representing Australia and protecting us and, you know, I'm just playing tennis. So in some ways, like, I think they always joke that I'm kind of, you know, don't really know anything about the world because I just play tennis and <laughs> I get to travel and enjoy things, whereas they're, you know, working pretty hard and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy that they have, you know, I have this experience with them, but yeah, they're great and um, they work incredibly hard and I get to see that all the time and they make sacrifices for, for our family and um, I'm very proud of them. Storm, when you when you look at your career to date, is there any match or maybe week that you look back in particular and are really proud of? Sure, to be honest. Uh, I actually got asked this question um, the other day by some junior players and I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I think I'm really proud of the way, like, after being injured with my shoulder for one year, I I really have tried to make the most of every, I guess, tournament every week that I've played. And, you know, I set out, I guess, my goal um, when I came back was trying to be top 100 doubles within the year that I, I came back and I did that. So I was really happy <laughs> and proud of that. And to be able to just come back into singles and, you know, I guess Playford was a really, I guess, special week for me. So that was when I won was my second tournament back I hadn't played singles for I guess two years and the week before that was in Bendigo I qualified there and then lost to Lizette Cabrera in the quarterfinals and I was pretty tired because I hadn't played that many matches for a while and obviously like people messaging me and and talking it was awesome and then to go into Playford and 
you know, I remember having a practice with one of the girls and she smashed me. It was like Sunday, I think, and we're playing like practice sets. And I think I lost a set 6-1 and I was already thinking to myself, oh, this is going to be an interesting week. Like I'm not playing, I'm pretty tired from the week before. And, you know, they gave me a wild card into the event. So I didn't have to play qualifying. And, you know, I think I was really proud of yeah, myself, the way I handled the situation. And, um, you know, I was, I was there by myself. So I was just kind of doing everything my way. And um, I think that was probably, you know, a big, big learning curve for me is that I can do things the way I want to, you know, and I've got to do the right things by me and, you know, put myself first. And I guess, yeah, I guess that really helped me. And, and I ended up winning the tournament, which, yeah, was pretty crazy. I wasn't expecting that at all. Such a good story, and it is very important to you know have a strong belief to do well on on um, on the tour, especially in an individual sport like tennis. Um, if you don't mind, we're going to flick across to a, a couple fan questions. Um, the first one is, "Hey Storm, what's your favourite shot and why?" Uh, I think my favourite shot's my forehand because I'm first of all I'm lefty, so that definitely gives me an advantage, and I try and use my forehand as much as possible to get. I guess the forehand cross court, whip it um, cross, get the my opponents off, uh, running off on their backhand and try and open up the court. So definitely my forehand, if I'm using it well, is my is my favorite. And you know, especially coming on when I was coming into clay season, just trying to get a bit more shape on it and trying, I guess, use it to my advantage. But definitely, I guess, being left-handed is a huge positive for me. <laughs> well, you just said your forehand's your favorite shot. The question was, what is your biggest weapon? Yeah, I guess probably my forehand as well when it's on, <laughs> when I'm hitting it, hitting it well and using it, yeah, to my advantage as well. But, you know, also I think if I can use my serve, get my slider happening on the ad side, that pretty much can set me up to, to hit my forehand. So I guess if I don't set up the point with my serve, then I'm not going to get the forehands that I want. So, um, yeah, and I'm also trying to work on my kicker. I, I don't hit it like Ellen Perez. She she can really get the kicker going and spinning the other way. So, you know, I'm trying to improve on that. It's, it's, it's getting there. But, um, yeah, I guess that's something I can work on <laughs> during uh, yeah, training when we go back next week. This next question is an interesting one because it could be on court or could be off court traveling with someone. But who is the most annoying player on the tour? Oh, that is a really hard question. I don't, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. But uh, I guess Lizette sometimes does this, she does this kind of scaring camera. So she might set up behind, I don't know if you guys have seen it on her Instagram. She hasn't done it for a while, but she'll, if, we, if we're staying with her in some Airbnbs and whatnot, sometimes she'll set up, you know, her phone and stand behind the door or something and, and try and scare us. So, you know, if, if I'm staying with her, that that's not fun because I, I then get really anxious that she's going to be around every single corner and door. So... Yeah, we'll go with Lizette because, yeah, that's not fun, but it is, provides a lot of entertainment. Well, the next question was another fan one. Who is the funniest Aussie player on the tour? Would it be Lizette? Yeah, Lizette's up there. She's she's entertaining. She loves to dance and, and sing. And, yeah, she's good fun. But Dash is probably, I guess, the most entertaining. She She's always, you know, up for a laugh and she's good fun to be around, good energy. And I think sometimes you don't know what to expect with her, what she's going to say or do so uh yeah she's good fun we've actually been doing some cooking competitions like once a week and i think she's super obviously she's super competitive we all are and yeah we've had some pretty good experiences on this cooking comp and yeah i think she's going out of her way to make sure she beats everyone storm it's been awesome to chat to you it's great to see you in a in a 
great headspace and wish you all the best of luck in the return to tennis. If we get back on court again this year, give me a heads up because I've done no fitness and I might not be able to keep up like last time. Um, but re yeah, really appreciate the chat and all the best. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me. Storm Sanders, ladies and gentlemen. Another really insightful chat, and I really look forward to keeping an eye on her progress when the tour returns. Another edition of Aussies Only in the books, all thanks to Latour Tennis. Check out their latest Dig 3 collection at latourtennis.com. Listen back on any of our previous Aussies Only episodes. We spoke to James Duckworth last week, Ellen Perez, Mark Polmans, Daria Gavrilova, Luke Saville as well. You can check out all those episodes at thefirstserve.com.au. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Aussies Only. You've been listening to Aussies Only, part of the First Serve, your home of tennis. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.